Welcome to the Dad Show Podcast, a show all about impacting, empowering, inspiring, and uplifting information to become a better dad, husband, man, and mentor. And now, your host, Ryan Ladd. Welcome back to the show, everybody. I want to thank you for listening and for watching. I'd like to ask that you would leave a review and subscribe as well as follow along and engage with us on all social media at the dad show podcast and online at the dad show podcast.com. I'm really excited about today's show. I've got Mr. Dan King, who was my first captain, who has been a huge inspiration. He's one of my best friends and uh, been a big mentor in my life. And I can honestly say where I'm at in my career today is, is 99% because of him. So Dan, I want to thank you for being on the show today. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you for having me on your show, The Dad Show. So I'm going to ask you the question. What, what's inspired you to start The Dad Show? So obviously you worked with me at Harriman and, and grew up with me, and I wasn't the best uh, male figure as a dad or <laughs> <laughs> as a husband or, you know, just a, a good all-around man. I was, uh, you know, just being a, a young guy. And uh, so through my kid's diagnosis, we've seen um, – some terrible stuff in the hospital, some, some kids that never had dads show up and um, just listen to other stories throughout that, that uh, storm that we went through just made me want to become a better man, a, a better husband and, and a better dad. Yeah. I, I think that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. We, we did work together for, for a long time. Uh, a little bit about me, the fireman, Dan worked in the fire service, still do. That's how I met Ryan was in the fire service, uh, had a lot of good times in the fire we service. We had a lot of good times. Yeah. Yeah, we, uh, <laughs> see, it's, uh, some things we can't talk about, I guess, on, on this show, but uh, it, it was fun. And this is fun. This is, I think we've, uh, looking back at that time, we, I think we've evolved. Uh, who, who would have thunk that we'd be sitting here talking about dad stuff? <laughs> I agree 100%. I mean, I remember some trips to some UT games yeah. and <laughs> Vegas. and <laughs> Yeah, I'd hate to be their dad. Yeah, know? exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, uh, I, I enjoy being a dad just as much as I do a firefighter. I, I, I've got three kids, and the first two come in this world had issues. We were in the hospital quite a bit, so I definitely can – feel what you're going through. And I wish I had this podcast when I was going to the hospital. Yeah, definitely. You know, my kids were in the hospital. There, there really wasn't, wasn't much there. So, and you just mentioned that at the hospital, that there wasn't dads there. Exactly. And I didn't even think about that until you just mentioned it. I mean, we stayed in the ICU, I mean, for almost a year. And it was just grandparents and, and moms. There were very few dads whether the dads are back home working and, you know, providing for the family while the caretaker, the mom is, you know, in the hospital. But, you know, for the most part, those kids suffer because they need that male figure in their life to, you know, to be their mentor, to, to look up to. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, each, each person has their own situation, but yeah, there, there's dads are, are really needed at this point. And, and I would have never thought I've been sitting here asked to talk about being a dad. You know, I definitely talk about being a firefighter, but, uh, I'm definitely not the professional dad by any means. So, Well, none of us are. None of us are perfect. So that's the main reason for this podcast is trying to get dads together, dads talking. And I remember going through my, my kid's transplant at Cincinnati. We couldn't eat in their room. So there was one main room where all the dads, um, basically the families were supposed to go, but the kids were so young that the moms would go at one time and the dads would go at another. 
And so fellowshipping with those dads and hanging out with those guys in that kind of setting and, you know, just fellowshipping with each other and listening to each other's stories, it just made you grow as a man for one, but it also made you grow as a, as a husband and a, and a father while you're in the hospital with your kids and it helped with our treatment. And so that's what this podcast is for is to bring dads together. Let's talk and, and, you know, for, let's just put it out there in our society, it's not cool to be a good dad, you know? And, and so that's what I want to do is bring us together to, to make it better all the way around. No, I think dads in, in, in this is in this world today, we can get caught up in so many other distractions and our own selfish ways you know when we're off from work it's my time not my kids time exactly i've just learned that being a dad is is intentional you know you have to make the time you, everything that you do with your kids has to be intentional and, and i feel like i've grown as a as a parent doing that it takes work amen you know yes. and, and you have to uh you have to put your own selfishness aside but i think all dads uh that bring kids into this world want the best for them. And, and I think the best for them is giving them that time. Exactly. So. Being in their life. You don't even have to do anything special. Just just show up and be there and listen and, and play with them. You know, that's yeah. really it. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I, I wasn't the best parent for the first couple of years, but I've got two kids that are grown, and then we've got an eight-year-old. And, and it's totally different raising a kid now than it was then. I mean, there's more money in the house. There, we're just more mature. My kid that's at home now gets away with a whole lot more than my other two kids would have ever gotten away with. <laughs> and it, it's really not fair because my other two kids were the ones that come into this world that were in the hospital for a year. You know, I was probably harder on them yes. than I was my, my eight-year-old. So. so so let's put it into perspective for our audience. So you've got Davis, which is at home now. He's eight. And then you've got two other kids, Reagan and Corbin. And how old are they? Reagan is 27. She's my oldest daughter. Reagan was born right at six months early. Wow. She didn't even weigh a pound and a half. Wow. Uh, when she came out of the hospital, she uh, they told us that she was the smallest kid that weighed, how can I put this? She she weighed less than any other kid that's ever left the hospital at that time. Now, I'm sure other people have. But, I mean, literally, she looked like a squirrel in my hand. Wow. Uh, right at nine months, uh, she was in the hospital and then we brought her home. And at that point, I'm not going to tell my age, but I'm not a spring <laughs> chicken, but it would look like antique, uh, medical equipment that, oh, yeah. uh, that beeped and everything. And, and we were just kids and that's museums stuff, now. Wouldn't yeah. It, it would be in museums <laughs> now. Yeah. Uh, so, and that stuff was beeping all the time and it just, and how we made it through that. I, I don't, I don't have a clue financially, mentally, it was just, uh, I look back on it now and you just got to laugh. So, but I've, uh, my oldest son who is 21, just turned 21 years old. He's in college. He's, uh, David Litscombe university in Nashville, Tennessee. He's part of the basketball program there. He's one of their student managers living the dream. Got wakes up every morning with a, a cafeteria with whatever he wants to eat. Uh, I talked to him last night. He was just kicked back said he just ate his dessert. He was going back, going to bed, uh, has no worries. I mean, he's, he, I would love to be in his shoes right now. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. 
Because we didn't grow up with nothing like no, that. No, we did not grow up with anything like that. Yeah, when I was in college, it was lucky if uh, if another roommate had a pop tart in a in a in the, in, the, in the cabinet, it didn't last too long. Some ramen noodles were laying around. Yeah, and and it got so bad that everybody wrote their name on that pop tart. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, it was. It didn't. Kind yeah, of like living in the firehouse, ain't it? Got that's it. like living in the firehouse. Yeah. Well, except living in the firehouse, if it's got somebody's name on it, you don't eat it because somebody's messed with it. And you better leave that alone. So. Uh, but yeah, being a dad's fun. It's it's uh, uh, it's challenging, and as I get older, uh, I think I've I've mellowed out just a little bit, and uh, and I understand the importance of being a dad. When I grew up, my dad, I mean, it was all work, no play. There was no, I mean, I, we never heard "I love you." We never heard things like that. And I'm not complaining about that. I grew up on a big farm, and. My dad worked on the railroad. He wasn't there very much, but um, you know, you sometimes in life you learn what you didn't have that makes you a better dad. Exactly. But now there's a whole lot of times that you want to go back to seeing what your dad did, and you have to focus and say, "No, that, that, I, I'm not going to be that dad." Yeah. You know. So there, there's things that uh, there, there's some good things that that my that I took from my dad from growing up, and then there's a lot of things that. Uh, that I, I would never put in play today. So, And that's, you know, that's part of it too. I mean, talking to dads, you're like, yeah, I would like to pick that trick up or I'd like to do that. And then you're like, no, I, I don't want to do that, yeah, <laughs> that yeah. aspect. So if you could go back to your younger self with Corbin and Reagan, what would you do differently, I guess, as, as being a father then? I mean, obviously you were great and they, they turned out to be really good kids and but what would you, from yourself, from your your point of view, what would you go back and change? Uh, I was I'm really fortunate, and I love the fire service. It's given so much to me. I would have never met you. Exactly. We wouldn't be sitting here today if it wasn't for the fire service. So I'm very fortunate to have worked a career where I could bring my family in. I mean, you saw my two oldest kids grow up. Yeah, exactly. So if if I could go back and change anything. Uh, you know, I, I, and I'll speak just a little bit about my, my faith. My faith is, you know, I, I don't, uh, I grew up in church and, and it was Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, anytime the doors were open, we were there. It was the only recreation that we had. And, and I've, I've tried to live my life with my kids. Maybe not, we didn't go Sunday morning, Sunday night and Wednesday night, but we were there. And, and if I could go back and do anything differently, I would be in church a little bit more. So even though my kids turned out and, and they're in church today, you know, that, that's a critical time in, in kids' lives is that. And, and if you can, the more you can keep them, you know, going down the right path, listening to, to good stuff, not bad stuff, and what you would hear in church, you, know, you can't go wrong with that. And obviously having them in church is not going to just make them, you know, become this great person and, and, and great child. And they're going to grow up to, you know, be standing on, on a pedestal for no, everybody. Yeah. But, you know, it does help having that faith in God and letting him lead your life. And um, all of us make mistakes continuously. And, and but it, you're right. It does help to, to lead that faith and, and walk that line a lot better. Yeah. And I'm definitely grateful for, uh, at that time, uh, having them in church as much as I did. It wasn't, you know, like I said, it wasn't every time the doors were open, but, uh, you know, it's, it was enough where it made a difference in their life. So you talked about us working at Harriman a little bit. So guys, I want to give you a little context in that aspect. I started in the fire service when I was uh, 20 years old. 
and I'm now 35 years old. So I've been in the fire service for 15 years. And basically as soon as I started, I didn't have any prior training or anything, but, but Dan took me right under his wing. Um, he was my captain and I was at Harriman for six years, I believe. I think it was six. Anyhow, and I can tell you to this day, um, this man has been a great inspiration and has, uh, I can say that where I'm at today in the fire service it is because of Dan and, and the way he led me, the way he inspired me, the way he pushed me. I mean, I don't think that I'd ever lifted a weight in my life whatsoever. And then, uh, we went to the weight room. Dan's like, no, you're going to work out. Like if you're going to be on my shift and you're going to be with us, you're going to work out. And so he pushed me to to start working out and I've put on the quarantine 15 here. So I, (laughs) (laughs) so I don't exactly look like I used to when I worked back at Harriman, but we would every, every shift, even off shift, uh, Dan and I would get together, go work out, go hang out. And, and through that, uh, was a mentor. I I didn't really realize it at the time and I'm sure he didn't either. It was just a friendship, but it it gave me somebody to really look up to and want to be like throughout my whole, whole, whole career. So so Dan kept pushing me. I wanted to, I wanted to go to Iraq. I wanted as a, uh, as a firefighter with a contractor there, I wanted to go to New York and be a fireman there. And, um, but I never made any of these decisions, uh, without consulting Dan first, I would always go to his office and I'm sure he got tired of me showing up and everything, but I, I'd go and say, Hey man, what, you know, help me out. What do you, what do you think about this? What do you know about this? And, and so any training that I've had, any, any certifications anywhere I'm at in my life, I can basically, just, just say that this man helped me get there for sure in one way or another. So I'm very, very happy to have him on the show today and, and hopefully to inspire you all just like he's inspired me. Well, I appreciate those kind words. I, I can admit now, Ryan, that I didn't know what I was doing when, when you come on. So <laughs> <laughs> I was just winging it, man. We did good, though, didn't we? We did good, yeah. Saved yeah, a we, bunch of cats. and Saved cats, yeah. That was, uh, it's funny that we sit here and talk about that. As, as I was driving over here, I was thinking – uh, I had to drive back through the, the same town that, uh, that I worked in this, at the fire department here and just brought back a, a whole lot of memories. And it was, man, those were good times. It was. It was really good times. Fun times, yeah. And, and my kids got to, you know, we they were at the fire. It was one of those fire stations where families stopped in and, you know, come in and we they ate. It was, and every door in a fire station was open. It was open. Yeah, just yeah. come on in. And yeah, you're right. It, it blows my mind to think how, quote, unquote, old, uh, Reagan and Corbin are now because yeah, I mean they were just little babies. <laughs> you mentioned that you are a little older now, and you do have an eight-year-old son. So what drives you crazy, man? Anything? You say that you you're a lot more lenient now. Is there anything that drives you crazy and makes it hard to be a dad now? It's you know with my two oldest kids, you know there's so many. You know, you're when you're that young, you're you're worried about paying the mortgage, the car payment, groceries. It's just a stressful time, and there's so much stuff that you miss, you know, what kids say and things, you know, that they do. I'm at the spot now where when my kid says something, you know, it's uh, you, you stop. If he says something funny, you know, you stop and you laugh at it, yeah. you know. it's uh, uh, and, and we just have it with our whole family, with my, uh, my wife's mom lives with us, and, and he's being raised by three adults, so the conversation – that he hears now is totally different. <laughs> so we get up every, every weekend. It's, it's the same routine. You know, my wife works for a corporation in the food industry and she gets up every, I'm the first one that gets up. I make coffee and then my wife comes in, she opens up her computer and 
first thing she's looking at is yesterday's numbers. And my son, uh, he grabs his iPad and he sits in what we call the great big green chair. <laughs> and so I'm, he said, everybody's doing their own thing. And my wife's office is just off the kitchen and she's over there. You can hear the computer and stuff. And then she's sitting in there. Uh, my son hollers and says, Hey, how about some pancakes? <laughs> my eight year old. And uh, he hollers at mom says, you fix me some pancakes. And she's uh, says, yeah, give me a few minutes. I'll fix some pancakes. And so a few minutes goes by, he hollers it again. And uh, right after that, she says, she lets out a big hell. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, cuss words in our family. I mean, if you stump your toe, mash your finger, you can get, you know, you, know, you may have a, you know, a couple of those words come out. But she says, hell yeah. And I knew what she was talking about, that her numbers must have looked good yesterday. <laughs> so I looked up real quick to see if my son heard it, and he didn't. You know? <laughs> and so we just, uh, I couldn't see my wife uh, to see what her reaction was. And uh, so a few minutes later, he hollers at, uh, at my wife and says, hey, uh, how about some pancakes? Or no, my wife hollers at her and says, are you ready for those pancakes? And my son says, Hell yeah. <laughs> so that kind of stuff, you know, at my age now with an eight year old, uh, at that time he was uh, seven year olds when he said that. So you just laugh at that. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't know where he heard it, but uh, well, I, I, we know where he heard it, but other words like that, he, you know, we, we haven't heard the other words come out yet. So, you know, it's just, it's fun being a dad. Oh, yeah. It's really fun being a dad and, and listening to those things and, and laughing at it. And when my wife came in the kitchen, she heard my son say, you know, hell yeah. And I give her the old thumbs up with a smirky, you know, good job there, mom. That's my son. That's, That's my son. son. Yeah. yeah. Let's teach him some more words. <laughs> so it's, uh, you know, it, it, that's, that's where I'm at with the da- being a dad. I just want to be the best dad I can. And what I said a few minutes ago, be intentional. You know, it wasn't a whole lot of planning and being, you know, time with my kids with my first two, but, but it was there. It wasn't intentional. We did it, but now it is intentional. So everything that we do, if it's, you know, spending time shooting basketball before I go to bed, that's intentional. Yes. The conversation that we're have while we're shooting basketball, yeah. that's intentional. The, the, the talk in the car by not turning on the radio, that's intentional. Or not being on a device yeah. or a phone or yep. iPad or anything. Yeah. That, that kind of stuff. So it's, uh, you know, I don't know if there's a complete recipe, uh, if there's a professional parent out there, but, uh, you know, be, being a dad is, uh, is, there's a lot of responsibility. You know, last week's show with Willie and, and Neil Crass was on and, and, you know, Willie hugged his kids and said bye. And he went to revival and the kids were going to work out and they got in a terrible accident and he, and he lost his daughter, you know? And so from, from there, you got to think, like you said, be intentional with the time with your kids yeah. and, and cherish it and, you know, tell your kids and, and tell your wife, you know, you love them because, you never know when you're going to go five minutes down the road and, and something bad, terrible is going to ha- happen like that. So yeah. it, it all, that's just precious moments that, that you got to take it. You got to be intentional. So I, I keep repeating that word, but I think that's, um, that's what I think about being a dad today is everything that I do. It's for a reason. Yes. And, and Davis isn't coming by this just, uh, from the wife's side. I can promise you this, these little jokes and, and stuff. Cause I remember our time at, at Harriman, I hadn't been there very long, but we had a big cookout and we had hot dogs and hamburgers that we grilled and families came. And a few weeks later, I think it was, I opened up my locker down in the bay to get something out. And here was this hot dog 
the, just the weenie <laughs> that was just sitting in my locker. And I didn't have to ask very much because I found out quickly um, who it was that had put it there. And so I don't remember. I think I may have put it in your turnout boot or something like that. Yeah, I think I, that hot dog was passed around a few times. And then uh, so fast forward a few weeks later after that. So we're now six to seven weeks since this hot dog's been cooked. And I'm at the fire academy going through some training and I reach in my bunker coat pocket and there's that daggum. <laughs> so when, when, when Dan says that, that Davis, you know, cracks these jokes and, and says this stuff, he, he's not coming just through Davis. I, I promise you this has been passed on with that intentional through Dan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, we had, like I said, we had some good times. Yeah. Ryan was in my wedding. That, that was, uh, that goes down as, uh, I guess people still celebrate, not just on my anniversary, but I think people celebrate the wedding day anniversary. It was uh, uh, before my wife worked for the company she works for now. She worked for Victoria's Secret. And uh, so we had a big blowout wedding. And I think most of all the firefighters thought that they were going to be these Victoria's Secret <laughs> wing girls out there and everything, you know. It was, the wedding was packed. It was fun. It was, it was a great wedding. It was, I, I remember. I remember a little bit of it. Yeah. You remember a little bit of it. I think a lot of people remember just a little bit of it. So, yeah. Yeah. It was fun. And Dan was in my wedding and, uh, I didn't know it. Uh, the, the videographer got him off to the side and was asking him some questions. Next thing I know, here's, uh, Dan pulling a, a, uh, harmonica. Yeah. You pull, I don't even remember. <laughs> I had a harmonica. I yeah. You had a harmonica. You pulled out of your pocket, started, instead of answering the cameraman's question, you start playing harmonica. I don't even remember that. So we've had some real good times and, and man, I'll tell you, like I said, he's, he's been a huge inspiration to my life. And, um, and I think just through talking through Dan with the years and, and listen to how great of a dad he's been and, and to his kids and, um, just been a big inspiration to help me become a better father too. So for us, and I'm, I'm speaking for both of us is a big part of our success are our wives. Yes. There's no way I could be, uh, the person I am without my wife. You know, there was a turning point for me in my life when it came to being a better dad, when I really realized that my wife was just more than a wife. She was a resource. You know, there was a lot of times where, you know, if I had some uh, an issues I need to work out or something, I, I, I didn't run it by her. You know, I didn't talk to her about it. And it didn't cause us uh, to have a bad marriage. It didn't cause us any separation, but what it didn't do was it didn't make us uh, a strong team. And once I realized that, Hey, we have to work together. We're stronger together. And it, uh, and our son can see that our son can totally witness. I mean, me and my, my wife is my best friend. We don't make decisions independently about anything in, in our family. And once I started clicking on that, Ryan, man, it changed my whole world. It made me a better person and a uh, definitely a better parent. And that's one thing from my growing up with my parents is they didn't communicate. Unfortunately, it led to divorce later on life after I think 29 years of marriage. And I said, from that point on, I will communicate with my wife. And so we have, uh, when I say we have an open you know, open communication, open lines of communication all the way around. We were very open with each other. And like you said, I mean, we learned that in the fire service that you can't act as yourself. Yeah. You're, you know, you're not good. You you won't accomplish anything 
but us as a team, us as a group, we will accomplish it. Yeah. If you want to be a better dad, be a better husband. Yes. You know, your, your significant other work with that, start on that relationship, make it stronger and it'll definitely shore up everything else. It'll, your, your personal life, your work life, and definitely with your kids and your kid. I mean, so much about being a parent is not so much about what we say. It's about what they see. You know, when, when kids see that your mom and dad's working on the same goals and they have the same values and, and they're on the same page, uh, you know, there, there's some, my Davis, my, my youngest is definitely going to get more out of his mom. You know, <laughs> there's still those things out there, you know, yeah, that's for sure. But you know, when, when, when they see that, uh, dad kisses mom goodnight, you know, he puts his arm around her and, and, uh, and, and, and I've had to correct my son getting smart, you know, saying stuff back to his mom, you know, and, and I'll stop that in a heartbeat, you know, cause you know, you're, when you say something to her, you're saying it to me, exactly. whether it's positive or negative. And so, you know, and I, correcting I can, that earlier, it helps to learn how to treat a woman as well. Yeah. Not just, you know, if, if I can be disrespectful to my mother and nothing's going to be said or nothing be done, what am I going to do to other women in my life? Exactly. Yeah. We call it team King. Me and, me and my wife, we're, we're team King. And, you know, it's every, sometimes we've used it sarcastically toward <laughs> each other, you know, uh, and it works, you know, and, and I can't emphasize the importance enough to, you know, if you're trying to raise kids and and you're not you're got some issues with your marriage, and I'm not being a marriage counselor by any means, but it definitely makes a difference. It made a difference in my life. And I my kids are are three and six, and you know, let's just say Lincoln at three years old, I'm gonna go ask my dad this, and and I say no. Well, he's already I can hear him. <laughs> I'm gonna go ask mom. Yeah. And so, like you said, you've got to be a team. So whether you back up and support what your wife says or or not, or what you think is good whatever they, the other significant other says, you kind of got to roll with because, you know, if they see that they can separate you yeah. easy. And they will. They will. Yeah. I usually ask the question, what did your mom say? Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 that's, you know, I want to start, let's start from the base, you know, that way I can determine my next, you know, my answer. So it's, uh, it's something all the time, you know, when you, when you've got kids, but it's, it's, again, this is, this is cool to talk about. You know? Exactly. I, I would have never said, earlier that I wish there had been a podcast, something where somebody could have told me that other dads are having issues. You know, it's not just me. So if, um, let's just say, let's take out an aspect then. So a young couple comes to you, a young man comes to you and he just got married or is thinking about getting married. And he's like, what's the most important thing that I can do as a husband? What, what's the best advice that you would give that young man for his new marriage or new relationship? A game plan. I, I think Everything is good. We live in a world of uh, preparedness, you know, in the fire service. And I think that you're just going into something as big as a marriage or, or having kids without a plan. I mean, there's, you're not setting yourself up for failure, but you're giving yourself an opportunity to look more likely fail exactly. in some way. Yes. So my advice would be take it serious. And try to put put a plan. Just don't put a plan, but put it put it in action. Be intentional. I keep using that word, but like I said, me and my wife come up with, with Team King, and it's a it's a partnership. Yes. And so if you're going into a new marriage, there's a lot of sacrifices that you're going to have to make. You know, if you have to put some things, you know, that you may not get to get to do anymore. Some of the fun stuff you got to do is and now it's your focus is family. 
And that's, um, I would say a plan, I would say communication and, uh, just try to put God first in in your relationship to first and foremost. And I wish that you would have gave me that information early. I'm very lucky that my wife, uh, has stayed with me, but I wasn't the best husband whenever I first, uh, whenever we first got married, I, I was not a terrible husband. I don't think from any aspect. No, I, I think working on something there to, to have a plan, to be prepared, um, for anything that may come, um, a, a children's illness, a, uh, a mother-in-law moving in with you, a, um, a job out of state, anything. I mean, you know, that's, you just got to be able to react and, and, and update that plan with whatever life there was at you. Yeah. And you're a good point about, uh, you may not have as many friends as you want, but you can always lean on, on your, you know, a church family, you know, you can never go wrong by having your kids in church and finding a good, uh, you know, a good church that you like and that you can grow in. So what is, uh, um, your son Davis, he's eight. What do you want him to see most between you and your wife as far as, uh, you know, cause he's going to grow up. He's, he's probably going to get married and, and meet a significant other. So he, uh, if you're thinking in your head, whenever he gets married, what is one thing that you try to do with your wife that you're like, man, I hope he, I hope he um, sees this and accepts it and puts it into his marriage. Like what's one thing that you may do with your wife from that? End? Respect and love. I mean, I think that's what we, and I do that. I do that a lot in front of my son uh, is, you know, if it's, where he sees me hug my wife, you know, how to, how to, tr- what true love is exactly. and how that a mom and a dad working together, you know, that it's, that can be successful in raising kids. So that to me, it's just, you know, it's pushing everything else out and focusing on what's the most important and that's family and love and togetherness. And then if you can concentrate on that in front of your kids, uh, I think that's that's pretty impressive. I agree, and that helps bring the whole family together. You know, from all dynamics, you said that you can't count on anybody. If you got your your family together and love is there first and foremost, then like yeah. you said, you're going to be able to rely on your family for sure. Yeah. And kids are going to watch that. I mean, if they're not getting it at home, they're going to be looking for it somewhere else. Yeah, exactly. Which I, I in my aspect, and and don't want to go off on this too far, but. I would think that, you know, that's what more leads to pornography or anything of that nature. That's that, you know, they're going to look for that outlet. They're going to look for it. Yeah. They're going to find it somewhere. Yeah, you've heard, we hear the term stable home, you know, and if it's unstable, you know, and, and you're raising kids in an unstable home, it's kind of hard to, you know, it's kind of like if you're driving down the road and, and one of your tires isn't balanced, eventually you're going to have a blowout. And that's, you know. And you can feel that unbalanced tire yeah. when you're driving down the road. So it's uh, uh, trying to keep the tires balanced and try to keep, you know, stable and letting your kids grow up in an environment that's loving. That's something that uh, not all families and not all parents and not all kids get to you know, have in their life. So I can, I can say that um, where Dan is at his life now um, is, is kind of boggling my mind, and I'm very interested to hear um, where this has came from, but Dan, I would see at the fire hall, he would be, uh, reading books and, uh, looking on the computer quite a bit. But for those that don't know, um, Dan just wrote a book, his first book, it's called Charlie visits the, the fire Academy. And, uh, so I've got to ask Dan, where, where did this book writing come from? Where did this inspiration come from? 
Well, I've got a little bit more time now to, to do some things. And it's just that book's been on my mind. I've written that book in my head probably 10 years ago. Charlie is a real character. Charlie is a uh, was real inspir- inspirational on getting our Tennessee Fallen Firefighters Memorial established through donations. So that the uh, Charlie is is uh, based off that character, but it's the book was uh it's about our fire academy and it's and it was a family project really. A lot of the stuff that was in the book come we asked interviewed Davis. And so one of the things for example was that's in the book was Charlie is at the fire academy and it's lunchtime. And so we asked my little boy Davis, you know, if you were the fire academy, what what would you want to do? He said, first thing, why are they having for lunch? You know? <laughs> I said, okay. I said, what do you want? He said, hamburgers. So, so Charlie's eating a hamburger at the fire academy. <laughs> so it was just a fun book. I've never written a book before, but it was a family project. And uh, and again, it was a. It's I love the fire service, but it was really more about uh, working with my son and him seeing you know, what we're capable of doing as a family. And I'll throw my, uh, put my wife in it. She worked on it just as much too. So uh, I'm proud of it and we're moved on to the next book. Exactly. And uh, I was very, very overwhelmed, but very, very humbled. Uh, Dan contacted me and he said, Hey man, how would you feel about me and my family writing a book about, uh, about your, your kids? And I, you know, basically almost busted out in tears because you know, it just touched me so much. And, um, so now he's working on a book about, about Kennedy and Lincoln and yeah, it's fun. Your two kids are, are awesome. And, uh, Kennedy's the, the star of the book <laughs> and, uh, with her, she's got kind of a cute little attitude. Uh, but yeah, it was fun. And, uh, hopefully it, uh, the whole inspiration is, is your, your toughness, your family's toughness. Uh, it, it was really inspiring me to, to write the book you know, when things happen in our lives, like what's happened to you, you know, there, there's a lot of people that are faced with adversity, but a lot of times people don't ask, what can I do? You know, what can I do to, to help the situation? And, uh, and that's what you, you guys have done. You said, what can I do? And, and you did it. You, you mean you are on a podcast, you, you've got a foundation. Uh, it's not just, uh, sitting back and, and being, feeling sorry for yourself. So, so me to write, my contribution for the book is can't compare to, to you know, what, what you guys are doing uh, to help the cause. But it's going to end up being a huge platform, I do believe, for um, for the foundation and about Kennedy and Lincoln and spreading awareness about their disease. And that's mine and my, my wife's motto. Above anything else, we can raise all the money we want to for a cure. We can do anything, you know, tell everybody. But with awareness comes a cure. Uh, we never know that one day that either we're going to meet that doctor or that researcher or, you know, that, that when that book finally publishes and comes out, you know, who, what doctor, what researcher is going to be reading that to their child and can come that way as well. So, uh, from, from my, from me and my family's point of view, just thank you so much for, for doing that. And, uh, we're very humbled and very thankful. for It was fun. I mean, it's, uh, I, I enjoyed doing it and hopefully we'll, we'll have that book out in the next few months where, I'm sure it'll be COVID's kind of pushed it back. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of changed a lot of things a little bit, but it's, 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 it's coming. Hopefully it'll be out in the next couple of months and you, you're sitting here talking about it on the dad show. Charlie visits fire Academy Kennedy. Um, she absolutely loves it. Lincoln. He's just like, Oh, it's a firefighter. And you know, that's cool. But, 
but Kennedy, I read it to her often. She, uh, she loves the book and I think that your kids will too. So, um, a little bit about Charlie, man. What's, uh, you said he was a real character. He is a real character. He's, uh, he's, he's retired now. And, uh, like I said, he, he, that's a lot of the funding for the fallen firefighters memorial here in Tennessee is, is donations. And then, you know, it's one of those, we work in an industry where we count line of duty deaths and, and they just seem like they always stay around a hundred a year. So it's, uh, you know, like I said, it's just my way of giving back and it was fun to do. It's fun to say, Hey, I'm an author. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. That's awesome. So all the proceeds from this, if I'm not mistaken, correct me, goes to the fallen firefighters Memorial and the national fallen firefighters and the national yep. fire, both at Tennessee and in Maryland. Right. Exactly. Yep. So that's awesome. So any other uh, plans for any more books coming up? Your books, uh, it's ne- it's, it's on the list and, uh, yeah, we're looking at a couple of other, other things that, uh, uh, one, another kid's book, and then already started the process of my first nonfiction book to help the fire service. So, uh, I won't go too much into that, but it's exciting times. You know, it's uh, grateful to be in, to have an opportunity and to be in a place in my life where not just me, but my family supports it. Yeah, and I'm sure Davis loves, he's like, dad, when are we going to do some more books? Yeah. And, he's know. all about writing the books. Yeah. Uh, the one thing with Davis was with uh, that we don't have or don't have that my other two kids did. My other two kids, as we talked about, they were in the fire station. So it was, you know, our jobs now, uh, our kids can't come into the fire station like, like we used to. But uh, you know, he, he knows we're in the fire service and he, he loves Charlie. Uh, yeah. Went to the fire academy. <laughs> I could see that being a, uh, that's, that's awesome because that's, um, you know, a lot of families you see sitting around on devices or, you know, I know from, from, from my family, we don't, we've got a rule that no devices at the dinner table. So we try our hardest, um, when I'm not on shift to sit down every night and have dinner as a family. And, uh, the rule is no, no devices. I mean, obviously if you get an emergency phone call, then, yeah. you know, something like that. But as far as just sitting there and scrolling through Facebook or the kids watching a video or, uh, something trying to keep them occupied and, uh, not bothering mom and dad, we, we don't do, we, that, that's one of our rules. So I could see Davis and, and Carrie at home and, you know, that being a good family, um, uh, we have devices at our house too. I mean, Davis is all about <laughs> devices. We this was he got a phone for Christmas this year, so he, uh, it rang the other day, and, and I answered it, and it was the next door neighbor looking for Davis. <laughs> so what, what, what about you, me? What about me? Yeah. What do you got to talk to Davis about? <laughs> the next door neighbor's uh, retired, and uh, so it's not like it was a kid calling. This was. Everybody in the whole neighborhood knows David. He's because he's calling them. Oh yeah, he's calling. <laughs> yeah. So I need somebody to talk to. Yeah, <laughs> come get me. And so, and so, where I'm going with that is, you know, that's um, we talked about being a good husband and a good father, but the main part of that is is spending time with your family. Um, you can't never get that back. And the, uh, I know that our our world is becoming more technologically advanced, and and more and more stuffs coming from the internet and those aspects, but that just quality time spent with your, with your family, whether it's dinner every night, whether it's, you know, helping to write a book or, or whether it's waiting on mom to make some pancakes, yeah. you know, it's, um, that, that's just, that quality time. You'll never, never be able to go back and grab in life. And, you know, I, um, my kids are three and six, so they are very young, but I still find myself, uh, pushing time away from them to, uh, 
to go try to help make money to make ends meet for the family. But, you know, in, in reality, I shouldn't be doing that and should be uh, trying to take more time with them and spend more time with them. Cause as you can, you can say now that you're Reagan and Corbin are, are grown and out of the house, basically, you know, you're like, man, I, where, where'd my babies go? Yeah. It's, uh, and that time flies too. So it, uh, it's, I mean, I'm always going to be a dad, whether they're in the house or older, but to make that, you know, have that influence that we really want them to succeed in life. You just have a short window. So there's so many distractions, you know, when I was growing up, there just wasn't that many distractions and uh, it's harder and harder to to take that time and to pull that stuff away from them and, and be the dad that we should be. So you can pick up the book at the firemandan.com. Also, uh, Dan just gave me some great news. It's going to be uh, put out in all major major bookstores and as well as on Amazon. So, uh, so be looking for that coming out. Charlie visits the fire Academy written by Dan King. Um, it's an awesome book. My kids love it. So, uh, go support Dan, go support the firefighters memorial. And so Dan has kind of been, been pretty humble, um, through this podcast. Uh, you know him as a dad, you know him as a husband and you know him as a book writer, but Dan has a extensive career in the uh, in the fire industry. Uh, also, he's very intelligent, very educated, uh, probably one of the most certified individuals that I've ever come in contact with throughout the fire service. And uh, so, Dan, like I said earlier, Dan Dan was my captain at Harriman. Uh, Dan left Harriman and went to a place called its industrial uh, Vocker, a German based company. Right up the road here, and was the the chief, and and not only was the chief, but uh, Dan achieved a huge goal there that most people will never be able to say that they did, and that was started a, a whole fire department from scratch, meaning there was no fire station, there was no um, firefighters, there was no uh, fire trucks, there you know it was just uh, there was no SOGs, SOPs. Um, anything and dan had to start all this from scratch um for what two years by yourself completely? yeah i got it close to three yeah it was just a bunch of dirt clods out <laughs> in the field and and when i say by himself i mean literally by himself he didn't have you know an assistant chief at the time or other captains other firefighters helping him and uh dan done all this basically i'm sure you know some outside help but as far as hired and working for the same company in the, in the fire department. Dan was, was the man at that time. And, um, so I'm going to just let him give a little background on what it took to, to get that fire station up and running. Uh, I've just been grateful. You know, it's, uh, thanks for those kind words, but uh, I've just been in the right place at the right time. And, you know, God's been good to me. And, uh, so I, I worked in a city fire department and for right at 15 years and, had this opportunity to move over on the industrial side, which was something that I had never didn't know that much about, but had a great opportunity to uh, to build a fire station and work for a great company. It was a global company. Learned a whole lot. You know, when you get to hire all your firefighters, you know, and create the culture. You know, you didn't. And I didn't inherit any. You know, exactly. Yeah, it was. It was. It was what we created there, and uh, it was pretty cool. And that's where I've, I've stayed on the industrial side ever since uh, you know, I went to work there. I work for a different company now, but I'm still working on the industrial side. and It's fun times. But I can't imagine what, what you had to go through to get to that 
Well, I mean, we've both been in different fire departments and like you said, to just go in and accept the culture that's there and then to be able to have the opportunity to create that culture and be like, man, I, if I complain about this, I'm complaining about myself. Yeah, you, know? you can't do You're exactly right. Everything that uh, you own it all. And uh, but no, I'm proud of it. And uh, I'm proud of the of uh, the people that, that work there and are continuing. The culture is, is still the same. And, you know, those guys are just like I, I called them an all star. Uh, fire department and still do i still keep in touch with some of them and just great friends and it was a time in my life a whole lot of times i didn't think i was going to be able to do it you know yeah. there's a lot of doubt in it but uh you know once uh you know i come through and i'm a much better firefighter you know leader because of it so that's an amazing feat that uh he accomplished there and uh obviously great for the resume but uh dan's got some other stuff going on as well and uh, so he's got the Fireman Dan podcast, if I'm not mistaken. Can you tell us it's a little a, bit about that? Yeah, it's so it's uh, 360 Size Ups, the name of the podcast. You know, as we discussed there a few minutes ago, I, I've had the opportunity to to work in the fire service and, and do some things that, uh, that that not many people have gotten to do. So I, I've taken this opportunity to help the fire service as a whole uh, with some of the stuff that we've that, that I've learned throughout the years. And we have a lot of leadership discussions on our podcast. Uh, we have a lot of talk training and tactics, and, and we talked uh, values. You know, the fire services, there's a lot of great leaders in the fire service. And a lot of times those voices aren't heard. And so we try to get those people on our podcast and uh, get them out there and, and, and just try to help not only the fire service industry, but we have other listen. you know, we have a lot of other people outside the fire service that listen to our, our, uh, our content. And you're just great leadership content for sure. Dan's, like I said, he's very educated. I'm sure that um, he's putting a lot of nuggets in his podcast that he's not letting loose here. But yeah, <laughs> but no, that's uh, go listen to Dan's podcast, 360 Size Up, or visit him at www.thefiremandan.com. The 360 Size Up with the Fireman Dan podcast is available on all major podcast outlets. Dan, I want to want to thank you so much for for having you on the show, and I hope that our listeners will go and connect with you. And I greatly, greatly appreciate the nuggets that you put in here to help our listeners become better, better fathers, better husbands, and uh, better men all the way around. I appreciate you having me on the show. I appreciate your passion. This is uh, this has been pretty cool. Good luck with your podcast. I'm sure it's going to be a, a hit. You know, there's. There's a lot of dads out there. There's a lot of dads out there. And a lot of people that need dads. Out yes. There, so. Yeah. So I think it's a, a great topic and uh, I look forward to listening to the next show. I want to thank you, Dan. Appreciate you being here. Thank you. For the rest of you, links to all of Dan's stuff will be in the description below. I want to thank you for being with us. God bless every one of you and I love you. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to the Dad Show Podcast. Please like, review, and subscribe.